Welcome to the Gospel Addict Podcast. I'm Greg Bryan. And I'm Jim Resky. We're gospel addicts because we believe the gospel of Jesus isn't just good news, it's the best news ever. We're addicted to the gospel because it doesn't just start us out in the Christian life, it is the Christian life. Join us as we look at the Bible through the lens of the gospel. Thanks so much for listening. You're listening to the Gospel Addict Podcast. I'm joined tonight with my co-host, Jim Resky. We are going to be looking at some chapters in Genesis. Jim and I teach a Bible study on a men's Bible study, and uh, we've been assigned different passages. Jim, what are you covering and which part of uh, Genesis? Well, thanks, Craig. Uh, yeah, we're, so we're um, coming up in the new year here. Um, if you're listening to this podcast, I don't know when you're listening to it, but we are recording this uh, in December 2022. And with the, when we roll over to the new year in January, the whole thing starts all over again in our Bible study, and we are going to be starting in Genesis. And we, in this Bible study, it's uh, we walk through the Bible in two years and uh, go through uh, the Old Testament at, at a pretty rapid clip. And then kind of slow down and do the New Testament four chapters at a time. And so there's Bible readings associated with it for the people in the study so they can uh, follow along. And we have been saying that the main goal really is to get people into the word, reading the word every day. And then we just get together and talk about it um, uh, every Saturday morning. And then because there's over 120 people, there are usually 100 in the room, maybe 20 or 30 on Zoom. And then goes out on YouTube afterwards. You probably have like 50 people on YouTube afterwards. We try to... Um, you know, rotate through a group of speakers. I think we have seven speakers, Greg, and you and I are part of that team. That's true. That's right. That's, that's true. So you are going to be uh, looking at Genesis chapters 12 through 24 or 25. I can't remember. But um, let's uh, just step back for a second. We call this yeah. the Gospel Attic Podcast. Yeah. Because, Jim, you and I connected many, many years ago um, because we both kind of um discovered the same truth that's right <laughs> and that is that you know the the power of the gospel isn't just for when you become a believer it isn't just um you know for our salvation but the gospel is actually the key to understanding our our spiritual growth and all all kind of advancement um all kind of everything to do with sanctification is connected to the gospel. So, um, and you're in the process of writing a book, Lord willing, God so, willing, um, the, which ties in with this, this subject. So remind us, uh, give us a thumbnail sketch of, uh, of what your book is going to be all about. Yeah, sure, Greg. Appreciate that. Someday, maybe I'll come back on your podcast. If I can only be, uh, find a podcast that would take me as a, uh, an author, maybe, maybe someday, but look, the idea is things that we you and I talked about, like you said, years ago, the idea that the gospel is not just the ABC of the Christian life, it's the A to Z of the Christian life. Um, and I think on a personal level, um, you know, I had uh, been raised as a Christian, raised in a Christian home, and always had um, believed in Christianity, but got to the point where it was basically very dry, and it was just... Uh, felt like I had to uh, be a good person and and, and um, earn my status with God. And when I finally got to understand the gospel, was probably in my 30s. It was like a revelation. It's just everything was totally different. And um, and I went from someone who said, "Look, I 
I still believe in Christianity, but I just not sure I'd recommend Christianity to anybody because it was so hard to be a good Christian and uh, to, you know, try to please God and do everything in the Christian life. Uh, it was just so, so hard. And uh, when I really started to get the gospel um, through some uh, incredible people and incredible preaching and other sources, um, everything changed. It was like a paradigm shift. And then, I, and, I, and then ever since then, I feel like I just can't stop talking about Jesus. So it's complete joy. It's, it's just wonderful and it kind of flows out of you. So that's part of it. Um, and then the, that's, that's the whole thing actually. Um, and then the, the book itself is an illustration that taking it from the basics of which I think you showed me a while ago, which kind of illustrates a way of living the Christian life. And we've talked about this podcast before, but it's always hard to talk about in audio form, something that's essentially an illustration or drawing. So we verbally try to tell to people if they're listening to the podcast, but it draws out the Christian, explains the Christian life in a way that's really easy to grasp. And, and that's basically what the book is about. It's almost like the gospel illustrated. So that's a quick thumbnail. That's great. Um, yeah. So uh, let's, uh, let's go ahead and look at Genesis chapter 12. Um uh, what was that? My that's that's my dog here at at my feet. Oh, was, that was your dog. Longing to get into the this is the Christmas season. He's longing to get into the next room where my wife is wrapping presents. If you can hear oh, the dog. Oh, I see. Okay, okay. I'm gonna see if All I right. can uh, let him through, and then we can continue. Love my dog, like many, many millions around the world. Love my dog. Yeah. Um, hold on. Yeah, Jim, we like to talk. We talk a lot about like the default setting of the human heart and right. how it's towards kind of self-justification. That's right. And so obviously when you come to know Jesus, um, Jesus changes that and he, he begins to change you from the inside out. But the problem that we both have found is that we often just kind of go right back into that default setting. That's right. And, and so instead of focusing on inside out spiritual growth or spiritual change, which happens through the power of the gospel working inside of us, we start defaulting to outside in spiritual growth, which right. is falling into the traps of I've got to do more. I've got to, you know, I got to, I'm, I'm just, it's like stacking bricks of like all the different Christian activities you can get involved with and thinking that's going to change us. Right. And so, but anyway, let's go back to your illustration. Cause I think it's a really powerful illustration and I think you can kind of explain it verbally. In fact, if you're listening to it, you might want to get a piece of paper and a pen as he as Jim describes it, you can, you can draw it out, but going back to that default setting so often, you, um, because we, I don't think many churches teach what we call gospel driven sanctification, that the gospel is the key to our spiritual change. Um, so, so what we kind of default to is it's sort of like if you could picture a, a, uh, stock chart, where you buy ABC stock at a very low price. And then over time it goes up 
up and to so the right kind of you can yeah up and to the right you can kind of picture how your stock you know if you bought a good investing investment it's going to just go up and to the right and that's how um most people think of their spiritual life where the the you know going up means we're becoming more like god more um more holy and then going to the right is just over time and so over time we get better and better and better right and that i mean that makes total sense like from a from a uh a worldly point of view that that's how spiritual growth would happen but but you ha you developed or you and i've talked about a, a different way to look at uh our spiritual growth and there's some major pitfalls by the way with that first approach and that is you can easily fall into pride um or um you can just feel so defeated because you're you just you know you um you just get discouraged and and you just want to give up because it's so much essentially you're just you're just trying to um grow spiritually through all hard work and effort and yeah. it's and it's just all self instead yeah. of instead of relying on god so what does the alternative look like? Oh, well, before we go there, stay with your illustration for a second, because it's a good way to think about it. If you think about that, you mentioned like a stock price chart, you have time on the horizontal axis. And on that price, you, on that chart, you'd have price or the price of your shares on the vertical axis. And you say, you know, if everything goes right, you, you start at the bottom left corner of the chart. And over time, the line will go up and to the right and it would be worth more over time. And that's just a, basically a very simple chart with two axes and a diagonal line that starts in the bottom left corner and goes up and to the right. And that's the basic depiction. And so, um, you know, when you and I, when you were saying a second ago um, that a lot of churches teach this way or think this way, a lot of people get discouraged because they live under this. Um, it, you were right. It's not just you and me. I think that is the default setting of the human heart. And you could look at that and say, essentially, if you take that same chart and you say that the, the, on the horizontal axis is time, and the vertical axis is just goodness, righteousness, holiness. Every world religion looks that way. Every world religion will say, you need to, over time, become a better and better person. You need to keep the rules. You need to take the steps to enlightenment. You need to follow the Ten Commandments. You need to, they all look that way. And, and so every, every religion says, you know, why, why be surprised? You know, you have to work hard to justify your life. And so someday if you justify your life, then you'll stand in front of a, a, a God or your creator, whoever, and they'll say you're blessed and you got to climb that ladder, you know, up and to the right. And, um, and I think that you, you, you were right when you say a lot of Christianity defaults into that. I mean, I've been in churches where people would say, well, you know, you know, how the Christian life works, you know, Jesus starts you out. But then I remember one preacher was preaching and then he, he held his arm up at a 45 degree angle. And he said, well, you know, the Christian life looks like it kind of looks like, and, he stammered for a second. And he said, it looks like this. And he held his arm up, which means up and to the right. You're supposed to, you know, you're not a good, perfect person now. But over time, if you keep working at it, you too can move up and to the right and become a better and better person. Oh, sure, it's lumpy. It's not smooth. It goes up and down. But that's what the Christian life is. That's what it means. That's what it's all about is moving up and to the right. And in the drawing, you'd say, well, where, where is Jesus? Well, Jesus is the bottom corner. He starts you out. You draw a little cross there at the crux of the lines. You say there's... Jesus starting on the Christian life. But after that, it looks just like every other religion. And you just got to work hard at your salvation. And what you said a second ago is so true. If you take that view of the Christian life, then you say the Christian life is essentially all about hard work and effort. 
hard work and effort. And if you're a teacher in the Christian life, you say, "I'm what well, your 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 purpose is to motivate people to put forth more effort." And if you would just put forth more effort, you would grow in Christ and move up into the right and become a better Christian. And that's what it's about. And it's not it. It's not it at all. You and I had many conversations about, and that's not the gospel. But the sad thing is, A, that we just said people, a lot of people teach that. Uh, B, a lot of people hear that. Maybe people listening to this podcast have felt like that's kind of their understanding of Christianity. That's what they've been taught. That's what they felt like. And they feel like it's it's it, it's it's impossible. It's dry. It's toast. It's impossible. It grinds you to powder. I can't keep up with it. It's no good. And eventually you say, forget it. I can't do it. And, and it's not driven by joy. It's driven by hard work and effort. Right. And that's yeah. just, and if you're doing well, if you're doing well at it, then you fall into like crazy amount of spiritual pride. <laughs> even worse. Even like, like yeah, yeah, I asked you this, if you've been in Bible studies where someone says, Hey, rate yourself in the Christian life on a scale of one to 10. Right. Yeah. Um, I always and, want to put myself at a seven. That's right. <laughs> but in my mind, I'm thinking I'm probably really more like a six or a five. Yeah. But I can't say nine. That's too. I don't want to. But yeah, but I can't. Yeah, yeah. It's 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 so weird to judge yourself like that, and that's that's the whole point. It shouldn't. We shouldn't even be focusing on ourselves at all. We should be focusing on Jesus. Just that's to back right. up a second, you know, I don't. I've been. You know, I've attended a lot of great churches in my Christian life. I mean. uh and I'm so fortunate that way. And I don't think the church is intentionally taught this. No. I think it's just so strong a default mode that if you were right. to ask, if you were just asked average people in the congregation, how do you grow in this Christian life? And you show them a, a like what you described, the single line, single line up and to the right. People would say, that's it. That's that's it. I think so. And I think it's because it's easy to grasp. It's the, it's what every other religion is. It's the default set in the human heart. Uh, and by the way, it's what everybody else says too. Religion, non-religious people do the same thing. They'll just, they'll say, oh, I don't believe in that religious stuff. You say, okay, well, tell me what makes your life worthwhile. I say, well, I believe in all the right causes and I'm on the right side of every issue. And I, and I've done, I've tried my best. And there are all these statements are statements of self-justification. They're like you just said, there's, you cannot live without self-justification. People always try to justify their life. In other words, they self-impose a single line, and then they put themselves in that line. Oh, I'm not perfect, but I'm. They're, what they're saying is, I'm a seven or I'm an eight on my line, whatever it is. But they can't live without a line. <laughs> and then, then you talk about Jesus, and they they, they say, well, well, we'll stop right there. And they hear every word you're saying through the line paradigm, through the single line paradigm. They think you're a Christian, and I know what you're going to say. Save it, because I know what you're going to say. It's a line, and there's Jesus somewhere, and you're a nine, and I'm not, and you want me to grow up and be a better person on the line. Well, I'm not interested. And they shut down the hearing of the gospel because they're going to hear what you're saying through the single line paradigm, because they think that's what Christianity is, just like every religion, and it's not. It's and it's so hard to get past that point with them, because that's the, that's just the way they hear every word you're going to say. So, yeah. So just to remind our audience here the biblical basis for what we're talking about, there's some key passages. I mean, first uh, Corinthians one 18, where Paul says the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us believers who are being saved, it's the power of God. That's right. And so there's a sense where 
Jesus saved us um, once for all for our sins, for our salvation. But he, but he also continues to save us from ourselves as we as we seek to grow in the Christian life. And then uh, another verse in Peter, uh, Peter says to grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Grow in grace. Grow in grace. And That's then the Apostle mean. Paul in Ephesians chapter 6 says, may I never boast, I think it's 614, may I never boast except in the cross uh, of Christ, um, for which I've been crucified to the world. Um, or <laughs> how does that one go? Um, but may I never boast except in the cross. Um, well, and I'll give you another one. And once you start seeing, once you get to the other paradigm, the two-line paradigm, you start seeing the whole Bible differently. So I'll give you another verse. I was just looking at tonight um, for our Genesis talk, which we'll get to in a minute. Uh, Galatians 3, when Paul talks about, you know, how he says, Galatians 3, verse 2, this is what I wanted to find out from you. Did you receive the Spirit by works of the law or by hearing with faith? And this is the key verse, verse Galatians 3, verse 3. Are you so foolish? Having begun by the Spirit, are you now being perfected by the flesh? And honestly, before I got the gospel in my life in my 30s, I would have said, well, yeah, I am. That's the point, right? I got the start. I got the new start. I got a fresh start from Jesus. But I thought that was the point. I'm supposed to be perfected in my flesh. That's why I come to church and do all this stuff, to be a better and better Christian, right? And I guess I never read Galatians 3, verse 3, where he says, no, that's not how it works. You're not you're not growing in Christ by your hard work and effort. It's, it's the first Peter verse you just said. It's pure. You're growing in the grace of the gospel. The whole book of Galatians is a great example because it's written to believers and it's all about, hey, be yeah. careful. You're 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 straying away from the gospel. Right. And right. how the gospel's for for uh uh believers as well. So do you want to yeah. take a minute and just describe the two-line illustration for those yeah, who exactly. may be hearing this for the first time? Right. So grab a crayon. If you're somewhere with a piece of paper and a crayon, you can draw this out. So draw the same axes we were talking about before where you got time on the horizontal axis and holiness or righteousness on the vertical axis. And then you start about halfway up the uh, vertical line and you draw an upward sloping line. And, but that line is not a depiction of your improved spiritual perform performance or your actual improved behavior or anything like that at all. That is a depiction of your growing awareness over time of God's righteousness, his holiness, not yours, his holiness. And the same, go back to that, the starting point of that line, the where it touches the vertical axis, and start right there with your crayon and go make a downward sloping line. So the whole thing will open up. And that downward sloping line is a depiction of your growing awareness over time of your own sinfulness, of your lostness, of your your of, of your blindness. And that's why it's downward sloping. Over time, you become more and more aware of how lost and blind spiritually you really are and so at the beginning of christian life there was a tiny little gap between those two lines and that's when you came to christ and you said as a christian you say i know there's a gap between me and him he is holy and i am not and i need salvation those of us who have become christians say there's a moment in our lives we said jesus i need you for salvation and so in that little gap right right real close to where those two lines converge all the way to the left you draw a little cross that connects those two 
and then go a little further over and draw another cross. And the cross is bigger because the gap is wider. Because as you grow in the Christian life, you realize I'm more of a sinner than I ever thought I was. And also, largely through worship, that's why we go to worship in church. When we come to church and worship him, you realize how great and glorious and wonderful he really is. And yet he saved a wretch like you and me. And so the cross gets bigger in your Christian life. And so you draw a cross in the middle and then go all the way to the far to the right, where your two lines should be farther and farther apart, and draw another cross, and it gets even bigger. And so on and so on and so on. And the passage, since you mentioned Galatians, another great passage to look at is Romans and Romans 7. See, Romans 7, Paul says, I'm a mess. I never do the things I want to do. I'm always sinning. And um, I'm always, the things I want to do, I don't do. The things I don't want to do, those are the very things I do. And uh, woe is me. Who will deliver me from this body of death? It's almost like despair. And if you read that through the single line paradigm, then you say, well, you know, Paul's just being modest, right? He's he's talking about the struggle. He's working his way up the line. And he says, Lord knows nobody's perfect, but I'm uh, I'm here to tell you, you got to keep trying and climb the line, go back and work harder. And, and Paul would say, you're, you're not listening to me at all. I am really, really lost. Because in another passage, he says, I am the chief of sinners. I am I, I persecuted the church. I am a complete chief. Paul is growing. He's on the downward sloping line, growing awareness. And he says, his lines are a million miles apart. Because the reality is, you draw this little graph. It's all of the, the graph on, that we're talking about is all about your growth and of awareness, Right. God's actual holiness is a parallel line a billion miles up. Your actual sinfulness is a parallel line a billion miles down. You're just not aware of it. And gracefully, we're not aware of it. We're just growing in the awareness and over time growing awareness of how large a cross is that fills that gap for us in our place. So whereas before in my single line approach to the Christian life, I did all that stuff, reading the Bible, going to church, and they all, I thought they were all notches in my belt. They were steps on the ladder. They were pick your metaphor. There are ways to climb up the line. And now I do all that stuff. And all it does is point me to Jesus. It just points me to the cross, cross, cross all the time for what he did to me and for he did for me. And he did to me, save me. Right. And that's, that's the change. That's the big paradigm shift. And I got that. It's like, praise the Lord. I just can't stop talking about Jesus. And I think I was already going through that transformation when you and I met Greg. And then you kind of showed me that basic of that illustration. And I started, then we started through many conversations talking about it, realized there's a huge contrast here. It's, and um, it's, and then um, it's the contrast, not just those two lines, but the contrast of the single line. And then there's one more line that's really important. And if you still have your crayon and your piece of paper, go to the bottom of your chart, underneath the double lines, the, the diverging two lines, start in the bottom left corner and take a little dotted line and start growing it up gradually, slowly. And that is your actual change in your life. That is your actual change life because your life does change. You do sin less. You will clean up your speech and your 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 behavior and things do change in your life. It's just, it's dotted because you're not really that aware of it. You're really focused on Jesus the whole time. And as and in this view, there changes the results of the Christian life. And the single line approach, your your change, your spiritual performance is the point of the Christian life. Right here, you're just focused on in the gospel. You're focused on Jesus, and then change comes about, and the fruit of the spirit all grows in your life. But you're never really focused on it. You're never really focused on your own life. That's right. If you went to Paul and you said, "Paul, stop it with Romans seven, okay? You're a nine point nine on the single line scale." Paul would say, "You're not, you're not seeing this correctly. You're not listening to me. It's not a single line. I am way, way down. He's way, way up. Yeah, I'm, the lines are uh, his Paul's lines would be a million miles apart. The cross is so huge in my life." Paul would just talk about Jesus and he'd say, but you would be see his dotted line. He'd say, but your behavior is outstanding. 
And Paul would say, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't know what you're talking about. I don't even think about that. So yeah, hopefully that people can follow that verbally and draw it out. But seeing it that way, this is why I'm so excited. I'm sorry to go on, but this, I think if you see the illustration in just a few short minutes, you can pick this up. And it, if you're uh, if you're non-Christian, you could say that's not what I thought Christianity was, and it would change your whole view of Christianity. If you're a Christian teacher or leader, you could say, "Holy cow! I've been leading people, teaching people on the single line all this time. I need to I need to teach them very differently." And if even if you're a Bible study leader, you say, "I want to help people grow in grace, not shape up and improve their behavior and climb the single line." It just changes everything. Yeah, because the the engine of the Christian life becomes gratitude. Amen. Gratitude for what Christ has done for you. And by the way, your view of what Christ has done for you continues to change and grow and magnify every every year as you as you progress, which is which is beautiful because one thing about the gospel, we know that you can it is so simple that a child can understand it, but it's so uh deep and profound that you spend your whole life exploring the depths of it. It's like a diamond that you could, that just, you can never master. You can never look at, look at it in every angle. And uh, right. so, so um, yeah, that's, that's great. Well, that's what this podcast is all about is and that's why we say we're gospel addicts because the gospel not only brought us to Christ, but it's what's gr growing us in our faith in Christ. So yeah. um, good stuff. Good stuff. And we want to look through the Bible, look at the Bible through the lens of the gospel, too, because the gospel is a, a story, uh, right. a, a story right. of redemption and a, where you see you can see Christ in in every every book of the Bible, every chapter of the Bible. It all points to him. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Gospel Addict Podcast. Feel free to contact us via email at gospeladdictpodcast.com at gmail.com stay tuned for our next episode and remember on your worst days you're never beyond the reach of god's grace and on your best days you're never beyond the need of god's grace see you next time